Your user group. The one you abandoned. I didn't yeah, that abandon one. it. You Do you go to We've... it anymore? Do you help run it anymore? No, do you well... try to find presenters anymore? Do you do any talks anymore? Have technically, you up anymore? Technically, I'm not allowed no, in the building anymore. Don't. So, you we know, have those charges issues. You know that. Hey there, this is Eric Van Johnson, and you're listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, episode 44, recorded Thursday, January 5th, 2017. In this episode of PHP Ugly, Tom and I talk about automatic facades coming to Laravel 5.4, Laracon tickets are now on sale, where to find tips for PHP Storm, a new Shift developer platform, and a lot, lot more. So let's get started. Happy New Year, Thomas Rideout. Happy 2017, Eric Van Johnson. I didn't. I didn't realize we were doing full names. Oh, uh, you know, I got to mix it up every now and then. How's your New Year going? You know, for the first uh, five days, I can't really complain that much about it. Busy at work, ton of stuff going on, bunch of deliverables, but that's life. Did our chat with Heller Otwell today on Lair Chat? I heard that was happening. You know, I don't watch things on the internet, except you know. Everything, but no, it was a good. Mostly video games. Always have such a good time speaking with him. He's uh, he's a fun guy to talk to and very insightful. He did answer the one question. Well, so you missed it. I gave him a hard time about not having Laracon here in San Diego. So there was that. You didn't didn't miss that. I've heard that rant but, plenty uh, of times though. I know it's getting old, but I will continue it until it happens. I asked him about. Uh, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting is I asked him about um, 5.5 having the requirement for PHP 7. And, and we had speculated a little bit on why he did that. And maybe it was to take advantage of things like type hinting and things like that. His reply was kind of surprising. You know, he basically said he didn't care. It wasn't uh, something he was targeting to do. It's just a lot of the dependencies, things that Laravel is dependent on, including... Um, a lot of the Symphony components, the ones that he was going to include in Laravel 5.5 had PHP 7 um, requirements. Interesting. So it was it was Symphony components. He said uh, PHP Unit, uh, the the newer version of PHP Unit that's coming out is going to require PHP 7. So it was really more of the things that uh, surround Laravel was the reason why he didn't have a choice. He said, as far as he's concerned. The components in Laravel will probably be compatible with 5.6, but the the components that make up Laravel won't be, so therefore it, it'll be a requirement. So it was good. It was a good talk. Hmm. I've been dealing with uh, a lot of upgrade stuff 5.2 to 5.3 lately, and I've been having quite a bit of trouble with cached composer autoload stuff. Um, yeah? Yeah. Did you get your Iron I.O. issue worked out? That was your issue last week. You know what? I ended up uh, creating a pull request, and it's still sitting there. So for the time being, I'm just pointing at my own repository. What's your issue with caching right now? Well, we had uh, issues where we'd updated, but certain files didn't think they had updated. And somehow autoload was pointing at non-existent or old files that just weren't compatible. It, it was very strange. That's very weird. Yeah, yeah. but after deleting the uh, the boot cache stuff and a number of other temp directories and things that should have been rebuilt, then it got working. Uh, compiled.php. It was uh, beyond your typical composer dump that, that didn't resolve the issue? Yeah. 
Yeah, we're not entirely sure what it was, but uh, something got stuck and couldn't get unstuck. So, a day of messing with that, and finally things are worked out, and everything's looking good, so uh, we're moving ahead. Cool. Very cool. I, I don't know if you've been keeping track in Slack, but our buddy John Congdon, who we used to make fun of because he was working on one of the oldest code bases, well, not the oldest code base, but oldest version of PHP when we first got to know him. Yeah. He was on PHP. He was stuck on a version of PHP 4 for a very long time and worked very diligently i might add to get this client that he was working on up to php 5 and he's talking today that he actually has that code base now prepped for php 7 like which is just amazing because i know the code base he's talking about i've been in that code base and the fact that he's got that thing prepared for php 7 he says he has it he has it working he's been testing it and he's submitting pull requests to get the code um, kind of integrated into the system and ready for php 7 i I thought that was a huge that guy deserves some sort of medal for that i swear to god yeah amazing what he's done with that code base that's a tight squeeze to go from four to seven Uh, that's that's been a couple of years yeah he did it all within probably well i know it's been five years I think since we've known each other. So he's probably done that four to seven readiness in two to three years, which sounds like a long time, but really isn't in the world of, of legacy code. Yeah, for a monolith app like that one, that's that's nothing at all. We have our user group spinning back up, our SDPHP user group spinning back up next week. So that should be interesting. Is that next week? Yeah, I think so. I don't think it's two weeks. Hold on, I can pull it up. Well, seeing how we meet January twenty fifth. See, see how you are. You're so focused. That's not. I didn't say the Laravel user group. I said SDPHP. Your user. The group. one you abandoned. Yeah, that one. I didn't abandon. You it. do you go to it anymore? Do you help We've... run it anymore? Do you try to find presenters no, well, anymore? Do you do any talks anymore? Have you shown up anymore? Technically, no. Technically, you I'm don't. not allowed in the building anymore. We so, had those charges drop. You know, that you know that created issues. Yeah, yes. but the, the security there doesn't want me. Yeah, SDPHP. Like business, Business.com moved away to get rid of me. <laughs> they moved away. They sold the company. You tainted everything. You tainted the brand. <laughs> they had to just... It was a fire sale. They just get rid of it all. That's a common thing when investors find out I've been in a building. You know, what's funny is they burn it to the ground. Business.com, they're actually still in business and they're still in that office. They just told you that they're closing the office and all working remote, so you stop showing up. <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I actually haven't dropped by just to check on them. Just to make sure they're not there anymore. Looking oh, out boy, the window. That, here that, comes Thomas. Oh, jeez, he's here again. Everyone duck. Yeah, we have uh, SDPHP firing back up next week, and uh, I'm going to be doing a talk on. What's all new in PHP 7.1? I figure that was a, a good motivation to to get me to look at some of the things and um, talk about them. <laughs> I don't know why. I know why. Why? Because nobody else wants to do a presentation. I'm actually a little depressed about it, to be honest with you. We haven't had an SDPHP meetup. I was looking. I was looking back at the schedule. We ended up canceling November because it just didn't seem like enough interest. That I was kind of okay with because it was around the holidays. We kind of experienced that every year around the holidays, this lack of interest. Uh, we we typically have our meetups through November, and then we'll go on hiatus for December. But they're just, I think we have like three people sign up 
uh, for the November meetup, so I just canceled it. So we had no meetup in November, no meetup in December. Prior to that, I think the prior two or three meetups were Diego Dev people doing talks. So here we are three, four months in before we actually get to a presenter outside the scope of myself or Diego Dev doing talks. And we're coming around to January and I still couldn't get somebody to present. It's like finding presenters now for, for the PHP user group is such a challenge. And I mean, usually I have uh, speakers lined up, like for the Laravel group. I have speakers lined up for two or three months for the Laravel group. And that's pretty typical. I will usually run that for the PHP user group and the Laravel user group. I'll have a month or two of, of presenters lined up. Even when we had two PHP uh, meetups per month i would have i would have to be too deep and lately i can't get anybody to talk it's just nobody wants to come up and talk about it. nobody can think of anything interesting to, to to discuss and i'm i'm super concerned about it to be honest with you because i don't know how many presentations i have in my back pocket that i'm feeling like uh, getting up there and talking about but we'll see how it goes uh, there's a big turnout for it one of the bigger turnouts i've seen for sdphp uh, meet up in a while. I think we're up to we're a week out. I haven't even tweeted about it. I keep forgetting. To, 35, yeah. Yeah, I haven't tweeted about it or anything, and we're already up to like 35 uh, people RSVP, so... At least 10 will show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm gonna... I think we'll have to have a heart-to-heart with the group with that sort of turnout and just see, you know, is it the format? Are they looking for you know, a different level uh you know that's the biggest thing we always struggle with is new people in there who want to know the basics want to learn the very simplistic stuff you get the php developers coming there who are looking for the next level and looking to interact with people who are doing interesting things in php and that's the balance that's you just you're constantly fighting is trying to keep people who don't know a lot about PHP interested in the more advanced topics while trying to keep the more advanced developers around to help the people who are new to PHP and and help present to them. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, hey, if you're a more advanced developer, present a super basic presentation to a beginner. We'll get a turnout for it. And it's frustrating because it's just like, you spend so much time trying to do it. You want to build the community. You want to keep it strong. And and when you're starting off a new year and you're still trying to find people who want to talk, it's just kind of a bummer, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, we might have to uh, pivot to erotic PHP <laughs> presentations. Let's see if I can write a presentation and then have it uh, performed by a rental male stripper dressed as a cop. As we do every week after we say there's just not much to cover... We have way too much to cover today. Oh, I know. Hey, we're 17 minutes into it, and we haven't even haven't even touched our Trello board yet. So let's. I think we should break straight into the news. What you know, nobody categorizes these. I don't know what what we are considering news and what's not, but I'll try to follow your lead. Let's do this. Let's do it. <laughs> Automatic facades coming to Laravel 5.4. This is interesting. I don't know how I feel about it. I know facades were kind of a joke there 
for a while and the fact that you know a Laravel facade isn't really a facade some people said it was a static method and it's not really a static method but when I saw this automated facades and saw how you implement it where essentially any controller you have you can just reference it as a facade I mean you, you have to do an you have to do what was it a use statement or something at the top, yeah. I forget what it was. I had this open and I just opened it again. But yeah, you say um, it's a special command you put in there. And uh, uh, yeah, use facade, facades, and then you give it uh, the path. And yeah, this looks pretty cool. I have to be honest. This looks like it's going to be kind of helpful. You know, I love this because this was one of the great Twitter sessions that I followed. So Programming Wisdom, at Code Wisdom, tweeted out, the amateur software engineer is always in search of magic. And another developer, the creator of Ruby on Rails, tweeted out in response, the intermediate programmer often mistakes metaprogramming or conventions for magic, fancies themselves high priests for extinguishing it. <laughs> and you know who retweeted that, Taylor Otwell. And then, and then almost immediately afterwards said, you know what, I like facades, screw you guys. I'm going to make them everywhere I want to. You can if you want to. I don't have to bend to your stupid rules. I don't have to listen to you jerks. <laughs> you guys want to use my framework? Fine. You don't want to use it? Fine. I don't care. I'm putting this in. I like it. <laughs> and man, it was very nice to see. Yeah. It was. I'm not going to even react to all the assholes out there. I'm just putting this out there and saying it is what it is, and I like it. It was great. It was a great thing to see. And like I said, it looks to be a pretty cool implementation, too. So I think if everybody can get over the whole struggle of, is it really a facade, or isn't it? And understand that it's... Your facades are bad, it's global scope, it's got too much privilege escalation... Yeah, there was such a circle jerk over it a year or two ago, and I think it's good to see it available as an implementation with no overhead, so if you want to use it, you can. If you don't want to use it, it literally has no effect on you whatsoever. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. See, other news, other news, I'm getting, since we're talking about Taylor, and like I said, I, I spoke with him earlier earlier today on, on Chat Live, which is recorded, if you guys want to go watch it, I think it was episode 18 or i forget already i, I just did it a couple hours ago but the Laricon, I, I was i was telling you i was giving him a hard time about not bringing Laricon to san diego and we had a little back and forth but it. it was it was fun but the Laricon tickets for new york uh is now open for sale so everybody who was previously able to buy the tickets were able to do so because they had attended a previous Laricon. But now I guess Early Bird is open for the general public. So we did find out today, had actually known this before, but Taylor reiterated it today. I had made the assumption that they were going bigger because last year in Louisville, I think Louisville seated like, I don't know, like 550 or some number around there. And he sold out like super fast to that conference. Yeah. I got to be honest. If you were there, the fact that they have these nice stadium seats and the fact that it's one track so you're not up moving from room to room constantly, the fact that it was a packed house, you really didn't know. You know, you got there, you got in your seat, you got comfortable, you were good. It's not like you're bumping into people trying to get to another room or anything like that. Yeah, it's a nice venue with the little confusing art. <laughs> yeah. But I assumed when he reached out to me about potentially looking at a place in San Diego, I was looking for bigger places. I was looking for like a thousand. 
you know, I figured, okay, you're up to five, six hundred people. You might as well shoot for a venue that seats a thousand people. So I was looking sure. at these venues. Well, it turns out the place that he did settle on in New York is actually smaller than Louisville was. Which, really? Yeah, which was super surprising because then you're kind of like, well, why did you move from Louisville then if, if the venue is smaller? Mm. But uh, no, I see why. So, yeah, he says, you know, it's a nice venue. It's not that much smaller than Louisville. I think it's, he said it's around 500. He's selling like 400 tickets to the conference and then keeping a little bit of a buffer of sponsors and things like that. But, yeah, it's we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You said you see why. Why? It's in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, you think that's he wants why? to meet Daredevil. The Daredevil, yeah, or uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He wants to. He wants to meet Daredevil. What's the other no, one? I, I, I'm with him on that one. What's the other one? What's the Jessica chick? Jones? Jessica Jones, yeah, yeah. I could do some Jessica Jones. I wouldn't want to piss off uh, Luke Cage. You know, the whole show is a rape metaphor. I mean, just, I'm just saying. Is there no doom and gloom on this list? There is no doom and gloom on this list. How no, man. No, I'm keeping it as a surprise for the end of the episode. <laughs> You know what continues? Cut me off in time. You know what continues to surprise me is finding out people listen to the show. And one of the people who listened to our show, we got a tweet from. I don't know. You can try to pronounce his name. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Andre Mirtes. Andre Mirtes. That works. He is the author of PHP Stan. And we uh, we spoke about PHP Stan a while back. I think you and I we both... Did. We did. We complained. Yeah, we both tried to implement and had some dependency issues. But uh, he tweeted at us, let us know that um, you know, he released a new version, version 0.5. It is dependent on PHP 7. Again, a very common theme you're seeing across uh, packages in PHP and frameworks. You know, these new versions that are coming out are dependent on php 7 so he just released a new version that's uh dependent on the uh, php 7 and uh i thought that was kind of cool i mean it was so cool to see him reach out to us and say hey i heard you talking about me yeah i've been doing some work on this here's my new version here's my new release i'm like sweet yeah okay we'll talk about that yeah and the key for us was that he rolled the support on the parser back so that it was compatible with laravel's version so you, you could install it in the same package. Yeah, I forgot he even mentioned that. Yeah, that was the whole reason. You want to start over? No, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just shows what an idiot I am. You just you were just so shocked that someone was listening. That was it. I'm like, good God. You know, somebody with some talent actually listens to us. What am I going to do? Not to say our super fan doesn't have talent. Uh, he's a great guy. He Did you see he put in a pull request? to our um i did okay you, you saw that so he actually put a pull request into one of our shows declaring himself a super fan so i think he's he's got that title now he's yeah i'm pretty sure the first person to declare themselves a super fan gets the title and then from there he basically peed on us he, he owns us now yeah well, that's okay i think the next super fan it's uh trial by combat so yeah i like how you th this it doesn't why, turn too badly this is why i keep you around i come up with pee jokes you come up with the violence this is fantastic. Well, I mean, okay, we're talking a lot about the, the PHP 7, everyone's moving in that direction, and, and there is good reason why. What would that uh, reason be? Well, PHP 5 active support is over. Active support is no longer active, and that was as yeah. of December 31st. It, it's like a right. new law took effect, the law of PHP 7. Yeah, so as of the first, it's 5.6 gets security fixes only. And it gets security fixes for like the next two years. But yes, only security fixes. Yeah. 
I'd say what was scary is to see when active support ran out for PHP 7. Yeah, now active support, including security fixes, runs out in two years. It runs out at the same time as 5.6. Right, but active support for 7 runs out this year as well. I think it's December 3rd because that would be two years from its release. Yeah. So that's weird to think. It's like, wait, I'm not even on 7 yet and active support runs out before the year is over? I realize we're just in January, but dang, I need to get on it. Yeah, but security support's going to go on for another year after that. So nothing major. But yeah, 5.3, 5.4, and 5.5 are dead. No active support, no security support. 5.6 is now only under security fixes and on an as-needed basis. And 7 is going to enter its security-only phase at the end of this year. So it, it makes sense to see everyone moving to the 7 branch, seeing as the 5, you know, the only other option, the 5.6 branch, is essentially yeah. dead. If you're going to move to 7, you might as well move to 7.1 because it doesn't look like there's that much. There are a couple, just the research I was doing, it looks like there's a couple of backwards uh, break potential, but not a whole lot. So it's interesting because I see that a lot. You know, here's the problem with me listening to our podcasts. I listen to how bad I speak and I listen to the words I keep repeating like, that's interesting. And I'm really bad at this. <laughs> yeah, but if you get a cartoon like sketch of your portrait, and then just put that in quotes below it, then it's a catchphrase, and you can say it more and more often. I can sell it on a t-shirt. Yeah. And then you can, and every time you say it, you have to write yourself a check for $5. Man. I got that business mind. I'm telling you, you're right there with it, man. You're, like, thinking of all the angles. Speaking about PHP 7 development, friend of the show, I assume, Paul M. Jones, has issued an interesting new RFC. Do tell. So... One of the things that a lot of people like about frameworks like Ruby on Rails and Node is that they have a an inherent request and response object. But for the time being, PHP only has the super globals. Cookie, post, get, request, that kind of stuff. And one of the first things all of these frameworks out here in our environment do is create their own version of the request response object that looks something like the ones that are in other frameworks mm -hmm. or other languages. So this request is a pretty simple one, which creates the server-side request response object. And it would take a collection of the functionality that's included in frameworks and other languages and create a nice little built-in request and response object that you could read and write to. Seems like a sort of a no-brainer for the PHP direction. I mean, it seems like one of those duh moments, like... You know, where is PHP today? What is its main strength? It's used for web applications. What do web applications do? Well, they do a bunch of requests and response. So why not bake that into the language itself instead of having all these frameworks build their own and having to create these packages? Yeah, I mean, it seems like a solid uh, RFC to me. Yeah, I think if you look at the direction that PHP has gone from 5.3 to 7, Getting object-oriented development working as good as possible, or as well as possible, has been the goal. And as I've said in previous episodes, you know, PHP 7.1 really finishes the job with proper return values and argument expectations, things like that. I think the next step for PHP might be more engine-based objects. I mean, if you think about the development that you do in raw PHP, how frequently are you using objects that have been generated by the PHP language? 
Because I can only think of when I deal with time. There are some time objects that are useful in PHP, but almost everything is function call and response when you're talking about the core language. So I'd, I'd really like to see the future of PHP becoming more happily object-oriented, more inherently object-oriented. And again, especially when, when it comes to just these basic principles around the web, you know, it's why wouldn't we not have this as part of the language? Yeah, so that's I think that's one of the things that we can hope to see coming soon in PHP 7 and potentially in the future of PHP 8. You love jumping to that PHP 8. You say PHP 8 more than anybody else I know. We just got into 7, man. We've got a long ways to go before we get to 8. How many podcasts do you know that talk about the future of the PHP framework? How many people do you know who talk about the future of the PHP framework? Saying a bigger number is not talking about the future. Nine? <laughs> I, was, I was responding in German for that one. I was just saying, no, you're wrong. That's fantastic. Thank you. I saw an interesting article. We were talking about... We've had a common thread going here on the show of upgrades and updates that was the topic of lyric chat today as well we're upgrades and updates it's just and that's the topic of the next sdphp meetup yes it is so it seems to be a very common thing you said that you just went through an upgrade update what was that that update of your laravel framework yeah five two to five three i explained to you i think last week we Use Laravel Shift for one of our clients to to bring their framework up to five three as well. And that's the, that's the one where he has automated tools to do upgrades along with a, a workflow for doing his upgrades and charges a small fee. It's a service he offers. You you tie into GitHub and it pulls in the repo, makes these really nice pull requests. I mean, the service is like nine bucks. It's completely worth it. We are going to be speaking to him again on Larry Chat. I, I talk about Larry Chat more and more, I'm noticing. Let me know if it bothers you or any of our listeners. But we're going to be speaking to him on Larry Chat in March, I believe. Uh, Jason McCree, I, I believe his name is. Jason McCreary. McCreary. Okay, okay, that sounds right. Yes. He just released. You're thinking of so Overwatch he, again, aren't you? He has uh, his whole Laravel shift platform. But now he's actually releasing what he's calling Shift Developer Platform, which, if I'm reading this correctly, will be a framework that you can create your own shifts with. So that sounds cool. It sounds like you might even be able to cr to duplicate the whole Laravel Shift service that he offers. But his whole thing is like, you know, you don't need to shift an entire framework. You can just like... Like, you can write shifts that just do, like, might just shift a component of your framework or something more simple than that. But he's releasing this whole Laravel shift uh, shift developer platform, which sounds very appealing. Now, it's interesting that he would ask us to sort of give away the service that he currently provides. Would Why would developers do this for free? <laughs> what is with that face? I'm trying to lead you into... Uh? I don't know. What are you leading me into? You're allowed to charge for shifts. You can when you build a shift, you can split revenues with him. Oh right. So this, oh, this okay, that's. <laughs> you like, want to what? do a second take on that one? No, that's fine. That's fine. I, <laughs> I just had no idea what you were talking about. Yeah, that's true. You will have the ability to uh, to charge for shifts, and there'll be a fee or a percentage uh, cut for it. But you also have the uh, ability to have free shifts as well. 
I want to see what this is. I mean, I, I still, you can only request it for, to get enrolled to it right now. So it's not like open to the public, but I'm going to be curious to see what this actually is. Well, I, my guess would be the first thing you'll see is package developers using his platform to create shifts for their packages. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, he mentions Vue.js here. Well, if the Vue.js maintainers wanted to create an easy upgrade path for Vue.js, they could use the shift platform to create that upgrade path. It sounds to me like he has built a domain-specific language for his shift platform that you would use to do a certain series of conventional things for an upgrade path. So I didn't notice it. Maybe I missed it, but is there a cost for creating shifts? Doesn't appear to be. Yeah. That didn't stand out to me that there was. If there was a cost, then why would anybody give away a free shift? You know, like if you have to pay, create a shift, why would you then turn around and give it away? If you're the creator of the project that is being shifted, then you may be doing it simply to keep people using your project. That's true. Or it's providing a service for users of your project. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess it's not, uh, yeah, he doesn't mention having to pay for it. Well, we'll see what it is. It looks like it's about baked and ready for release. We'll see what what comes of it. Maybe I'll ask him about it in March if it's not released yet. I think that's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, that could easily become a powerful platform alongside stuff like Packagist. I read an article that screwed me this week. It sounds like a normal day at work for you. We got an excellent post here in our Slack channel. The phpstorm.tips. Is this the one that screwed you? Oh, yeah. You got screwed by the tips? Yeah. What happened? I came from Eclipse a long time ago. How could this have screwed you at all? Go ahead. Yes. It's I remember. I, I remember Eclipse. And so when you set up PHP Storm, it gives you a keyboard set that is either Vim-inspired, Eclipse-inspired, oh. PHP Storm default. <laughs> so I've, you know, we're looking at... We're looking at four or five years using the Eclipse key set on PHP Storm. I start seeing these tips, and not a single one of them works for me. Nothing nothing pulls up the correct dialogues at all. <laughs> and I'm sorry. I've, I, have, I have been taking a bite-the-bullet approach towards uh, rekeying my muscle memory lately. So I bit the bullet, converted the whole IDE back to the PHP Storm default, and boy... Yeah. I struggle, right? For, oh, for a couple days, man. It's just like I'm closing windows when I'm trying to copy so lines. You or... Finally, <laughs> finally, you can appreciate why in PHP Storm I use the Idea Vim plugin. Yeah, absolutely. Not only do I. Because you don't have the balls. Not only do I use it, but I customize mine so that things like committing to Git and um, I do my Git commits. All have the same shortcut keys that I that I know from them. Now I thought I know John John had had done this, so John doesn't use any keyboard any Vim bindings outside the standard Vim bindings for them. But he doesn't do any of the shortcuts like I do, where I do my commits and splits and everything. But that's why I've done that's why I've done that. And I thought maybe I need to bite the bullet as well because PHP Storm in and amongst itself champions it itself as you not needing a mouse to use which is why one of the reasons why i'm such a heavy vim user because i i don't like reaching over to my mouse however those keyboard bindings to do things are vastly different than what i'm accustomed to in vim that's why i've done this customization that i do but 
Yeah, this tips thing, it's kind of the same thing. It kind of shows you how you do everything in Vim without reaching for your mouse. Yeah, and, you know, I, it wasn't until I got to, I think, number six on this tip list where I just said, oh, God, I got I to gotta do it. I got to bite the bullet. Because number six was viewing documentation. So if you're if you're on a method call and you hit Shift F1, then the full either Java doc or PHP doc, if available, pops up and gives you all of the API information that you need. I mean, geez, how it's great just, is that, right? Yeah. You... I wish I yeah. <laughs> and I thought to myself, this is the pinnacle of of what kind of developer I am. I thought to myself, I wish there was a way to get this to automatically pop up, but there probably isn't, so I'm not even going to look into it. <laughs> now, I would love, and again, typical fashion, Vim is this fantastically powerful tool, and you have all this great stuff, and then the first thing when I see something like this is, I wish I could pull in the Laravel API documentation to do the same thing here. You know, it's like, yeah, this isn't enough. I wanted to be able to do more now. Yeah, and guess what? The Laravel API documentation is in there. When you do the Shift F1? It pulls the Java doc from the method. You gotta stop it. Not what? at all. Well, I'm gonna have to check that out now. Yeah, as long as the method being referenced has a Java doc descriptor, it will pull that, parse it, and display it. It's slick, man. I tell you, PHP Storm is a super powerful tool. I have always have said that about it. It's, it is a very powerful tool. So, I've managed to screw myself. Half my keyboard bindings are broken. I have to relearn them all, but for the greater good. For the greater good. Three years from now, you'll be doing it again. You'll, you'll have learned Vim by then. Because I'm a dummy. You'll, you'd have seen the way of Vim. All right, we're you at... think Vim's got another three years in it? It's, it's <laughs> gone, what, 30 years now? and no, it hasn't been 30 years. I think it just had its 20th or 25th birthday. I forget. It just had a birthday not too long ago. But, yeah. Vim's not going anywhere. We we're at uh, forty-seven minutes. You wanna you wanna talk? Time's about it? time's just screaming by. What else you got? Anything good? Anything interesting? I got something. On I here. am stoked. I am stoked about this okay. Chrome upgrade. I saw this. My my first issue is it does reference the current version of Chrome, which they say is fifty-three. I have no idea what my current version of Chrome is. You can't do like an about. Is it right there in the about? Let me see. Yeah, I guess fifty-six is my current version. Yeah, oh, yeah, because I'm running the beta. So you're on 56. I'm on 55. So you're already there, yeah. man. So do you have this feature? Yeah, no. <laughs> What's the feature? <laughs> the feature is that if you are not on an HTTPS site, it will notify you much more prominently. I'm confused. Like, if, if the site if does, you... doesn't even offer HTTPS, if it just offers HTTP, it's still going to give you this warning? Yeah, so just even the most basic go into somebody's blog, if they don't have an SSL certificate, there will be a notification in the uh, URL bar stating that it is not a secure connection. It seems this is, I mean, this is interesting. This is a move towards the encrypt everything movement that's, that's really big right now. Something that, after recent presidential elections, has become much more popular. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is, I mean... There's no reason now with uh, so many, you know, several free resources for SSL certificates that you would need, you wouldn't have an SSL certificate on your site. There's no reason, you know, I could have one on my development machine for no, no reason whatsoever just to have it. So now this isn't something like, uh, 
like warning you about the the security of the certificate. It's not giving you a green light. Uh, it's not giving you a red light. It's just giving you a simple white background, black text notification next to the URL that just says not secure. So it's not invasive. It's not awful. Okay, but I guess I would need to see it. Well, there's a picture of it on the website. Well, that looks evasive to me, though. What's on the website? The big red box? No. That's the design of the... You're looking at the website. Oh. That's the design of the you website. Think, you think the... down here at the bottom? No, in that picture there, there's just a little text that says not secure. That's the only part that's different. It shows what the current example is and what the future URL bar will Oh, look. I see how that is now. Oh. Very light. It's a very light touch. And the purpose of that? Just so that people don't believe that the the web is secure by default, because it is. People people assume that the web is secure, and if you don't have that green lock, it ain't secure. In, in fact, it's getting easier and easier every day to uh, man in the middle attack browsers get data as it's submitted. Well, I did not. You know, I think that would that's going to be annoying though, because I have very little real estate in my address bar. I don't want to see a not secure thing there. You got bon, you got Bonsai Buddy installed. Don't know what a Bonsai Buddy is. That's the little animated gorilla that dances on your screen and installs malware in the background. You got the <laughs> Yahoo toolbar. I got them all. I got the Yahoo. I got AOL. I got a, a Microsoft toolbar, a MSN. Um, CompuServe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't let They haven't updated the CompuServe one recently, which is weird. Man, why do I hang out with you? You know why I hang out with you? I, I don't know why. Why? <laughs> you got me you got me stumped. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a geeky developer. And you know how you oh, can yeah. tell how much of a geeky developer you are? Oh, don't say what you're going to say. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing a joke here. No, you run your GitHub report card. That's how you figure yeah, it out. I failed every class. <laughs> So we were we uh I got sent this link today about you basically there's this uh the site called uh, GitHub Report Card all one word dot reflect dot io and you can tie it into your GitHub repos and then it'll send you back kind of a a report card on on how you did with contributions to the different repos it even ties into your if you give it access it'll tie into your private repos as well so you can kind of get an understanding of how you did for all your repos as far as contributions go and you know what day of the week you seem to do the most development and all this all this all these fun little analytics about uh how you develop now i'll I'll tell you i do i like this it's really pretty and handy but it does produce some data that I wouldn't want employers to see. Really? What wouldn't you want people to see? I wouldn't want a prospective employer to know that I work 30% of my time on the weekends. I could see that. You know, I don't want to go into a hiring position where they need someone that they can beat to death to get a product pushed out, and they know that I'm willing to work significantly on the weekends just for that purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I didn't share mine because you have an option to share it. And I, I I didn't share mine not because of that or because I'm ashamed of how few commits I, I do. Uh, but the one thing I noticed is that when I hovered over my commits, it gave you the names of the repos. And some of these are client repos. And I'm like, okay, I don't particularly want people seeing the names of some of these repos because you know, some of these repos are, are named after a product that you know 
maybe my client doesn't want publicly known right now. So yeah, Stardust. Yeah. So I I chose Operation not Stardust. to do that, but I thought this was a, a th- cool thing. I didn't think about that. That's probably another good reason not to share it publicly. I mean, you can always make the argument of maybe you're doing open source work on the weekend, but even still, the employee will say, "I don't care what." product product you're working on you you code on the weekend right so right so uh, clearly you're one of the, the kind of people whose uh, whose time we can leverage in a specific way stuff like that you know that and it's not an accurate representation of my work i've been a developer for uh what we're calling it 15 years now mm-hmm. i have 11 commits on github this year or 2016 mm-hmm Right, so, because I mean, you, you guys not, don't you guys don't use GitHub at work. Right, we use the GitLabs or Mercurial or whatever. Right. I mean, I I'm just I'm generally against these types of GitHub based things as as part of an interview process or as part of a qualifications process. Yeah, you know we're looking more and more at GitLabs for Diego Dev. I, I'm telling you, they are making some they they are making compelling product there. I mean, we're not even looking at it from a perspective of hosting our own. We're looking at taking advantage of of the service and paying for the service because it's it's so much cheaper than GitHub. And man, they just you know it, you don't really lose anything. Uh, it's GitLabs, GitLabs, and even Bitbucket. Uh, those two services have come such a long ways. Since, yeah, I'm a big fan you know, of Bitbucket. So am I. Uh, it's been a while since I've worked on a project in a, in a repo on Bitbucket, but at Diego Dev, when we were talking about settling on version control system, we were really leaning towards Bitbucket. And I think at the time, we ended up with uh, going with GitHub because it just had so many more integration points to it. Um, but nowadays, that just doesn't hold hold true anymore. And and typically, when you see people targeting integrations to to GitHub, they almost always target that same integration to GitLabs. So I don't know. We may be making a change here shortly. I I wouldn't be surprised. We we don't have a big driving need to. You know what I just realized? I, I'm clicking on my report card again. It's hedgehogs are neither hedges or hogs. There's a big share this button here, which I assume shared the report card. I don't think it shares the report card. There are these quotes underneath your picture. I think that's what it's sharing. Because you have multiple quotes here. And when you say share, I think that, I think it's sharing that quote. I think that's what it's doing. Oh, it's just tweeting. It's probably tweeting it with a link to your report, though. Oh, that's, you're, you're, you're a thinker, man. That's what I like about you. You think about these things. I should get into software development. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where are we at? Are we done? Dude, we're at an hour. We've we're killed done. it. We're done. We've moved it right along. We did. We I have, have, one, we I have, have one more card. I, I got one more card if you want to talk about it. Did you read this at all? Does this interest you I read you the all? whole thing. I read it beginning to end. Did you really? I didn't even read it. I did. It well, I'll let you talk about it. You want to talk about it? Because I thought this was I'll cool. I'll tell you what. It's cool, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Okay, now we have to talk about it. Come on, we got we got two minutes. Let's go. Be quick. How PHP executes from source code to render. This was an article published on SitePoint, which it, it was a yeah. good read. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a good read. It discusses the lower, lower level of how PHP code is interpreted. Basically a four-step 
process, uh, lexing, parsing, compilation, and then interpretation. Interpretation being such a simple concept that it's not even discussed in the section for interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So interpretation is just, it does what you tried to do. (laughs) But it covers... uh, Lexing, parsing, and compilation, which which are interesting things, but it is, for most PHP developers, the vast majority of PHP developers, it is trivia knowledge. It is just uh, some insight into components that you'll never bother using. It's funny. That's um, that's exactly what, what I was going to say about it. It's As a PHP developer, this was interesting to read. But it has zero impact on anything I do. It's like I, I I thought this was a cool read, just like you said, more from a from a trivia perspective. And it's like, oh, okay, I, I see, I see that that makes sense. And but it doesn't have any impact on anything else. Yeah, I, I think it'll it'll come up at a meetup when one of us says something and someone in the audience says, well, actually, <laughs> but that's that's about it. What I was hoping for was a a an article of this quality that discussed the request response elements uh-huh. <laughs> of PHP. Parsing and interpreting headers and parsing and interpreting responses and how that all clicks together. Uh, this is a much lower level than that, and it gets into how tokens are chosen and which BNF grammar file is used to locate a PHP LALR grammar uh, and looking tokens ahead and yeah it's cool but it's not my area i'm not going to be digging into this anytime soon to try and figure out what's wrong with my semicolon missing at the end of a you know command i'm with you on that one all right well i think that's good i hate hey i'd like to meet the author Why? though the author thomas the author thomas punt is a recently graduated web technology student from the uk why, why do you want to meet him because his last name is punt no, no, I like I like the meet the author line because he is a recently graduated web web development web technology student. I I would I would say easily that it doesn't surprise me that someone who just graduated college would write a document on site point that is completely the theory of code execution in PHP. With well, no you, practical you know this was a paper for him, right? I mean, he he got out of college. He's like, okay, you know what did, what did I write a paper on this year? Right, I'm gonna submit this. Yeah. This is the uh, thesis of his. This is the index of his his thesis statement for his graduate exam. Now we're gonna get a tweet from him saying, "Hey, I was listening I like to it. your show. You guys are dicks." Well, I have a I have a filter to automatically uh, scrape those tweets out. Neat, neat. It gets overloaded though. <laughs> I'm no good at regex. Oh, you're no good at regex. I thought you were gonna say you get so many of them, you just have to it overloads your system. Uh. Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> Run it slow, Tom. I'm done. I always love when we when we ended on yeah, an ugly that's, note. That's about as ugly as it come. Oh, my friend, are you going to be at the meetup next week? No, no. You disappoint me. No. Your disappointment to your family. Your dog. Your dog looks disappointed too. Look at him back there. You, oh, where's he at? Oh yeah, he's stretched out. He's staring at me. He knows we're talking about him. What's up, buddy? Yeah. When are you moving? February fifteenth. Coming up quick. Yeah, packing it up. My wife's taking the boys on a road trip, three-day road trip across the country, or, you know, 20% across. 
And, You're so uh, good at math. All right. And then, uh, yeah, and then I'll be flying out with my daughter three days later and meeting up with her. And All right, well, starting, starting I'll be back in book. the country for our Laravel meetup uh, that we have. What day, what, what day was the Laravel meetup? I, we talked about the PHP ones on the 11th. The Laravel meetup is on the 25th. The 25th. We'll be doing a hangout with Adam Wathen, which I'm looking forward to. That's yeah, going to be a really I'm good one. super excited about that. And, you know, so, so our listeners know, too... Uh, that meetup is streamed live and it will stream we'll stream it on uh, the PHP as we chant oh wait a minute no we won't will we we need to think about that I we struggle we struggle streaming it on any channel usually so we'll see if we can get it streaming it will be recorded one way or another so we'll have something out there for uh, our our valuable yeah. listener to take and, and we'll we'll tweet wherever the stream is we'll tweet it we'll tweet it on the uh, PHP ugly channel um handle as well so if you follow us on twitter we'll make sure we get that tweet out to you guys all right thomas i think we're gonna call this a show all right so uh yeah happy 2017 happy new, happy year, new 2017. year's keep it ugly. what oh no keep it ugly thanks for listening to this episode of php ugly and a special thanks to our sponsor the diego dev group if you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.